Do you love a good story? If you do, check out Stories of Your and Yours. I'm Sean Ennis, and each week on Stories of Your and Yours, I narrate a classic short story, adding music and sound effects to bring those stories new life. The back catalog features stories by the likes of Edgar Allan Poe, Kurt Vonnegut, Rudyard Kipling, Mark Twain, Ray Bradbury, and many more. And in addition to classic short stories, I feature original stories by you, the listener. So if you do love a good story, give stories of your, that's Y-O-R-E, and yours, that's Y-O-U-R-S, a listen today. And visit the show at SYY Podcast on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram to submit your own stories, requests for classic short stories, or just to say hi. That's stories of your and yours, available wherever you get your podcasts. It's time, time for a thrilling story of romance, adventure, mystery, anything with an expired copyright. It's time for another Interrupted Tale. Hello and welcome to the show that usually ends. It's another episode of Interrupted Tales, the podcast where my friend and I take turns reading stories to you, the listener, while the other person constantly interrupts. As always, my co-host, my co-habiter, my (laughs) co-signer, Rob. I have regretted that decision for a long, long time. Mm-hmm. I bet you did. <laughs> Doing great, Alan. Doing great. Flying high. Well, it's funny you would say that, Rob, because, in fact, this week we've got a story from the pages of Air Stories magazine from the August 1927 edition. Not a not a story. It's a feature titled "How to Get an Air Job." Mm-hmm. That's right for people who want to work in the air. Yeah, in the air industry. That that <laughs> that amazingly popular and fast growing industry, air. There were uh, lots of things in the air back then, Alan. Leaves, okay. um, clouds were still very popular. Um, and, uh, you know, people wanted to know what's going on. What can I do up there? That's before the Chinese took over cloud manufacturing. (sighs) I miss those good old American clouds, Alan. That's right. The made in the USA label just floating in the air. (laughs) Well, I think we've had enough jabs back and forth there, Rob, and then sit back, relax in your... Co-pilot chair. Grab yourself a drink of hot brandy and... Silk scarves. I feel like we definitely need silk scarves. While we read you this week's tale. Back in the days when the clipper ships spread their great white sails from Hudson's Bay clear down around the horn, the youth of America heard the call of the sea. Uh, hey, uh, youth, it's, it's the sea. Um, no, not that one. Uh, Not not that one either. Look, look, 
Let's just say I'm the anthropomorphic representation of all the C's and ignore what particular C I am. <clears throat> anyway, um, I called, give me a call back when you get this. Oh, man, I hate these things. Uh, say hi to your mom for me. Oh, in Baltic. I'm the Baltic C. Uh, bye. Beep. Okay, walk me through this bit. Oh, sure. Why did the C pretend to be no C in particular and then at the end say what C they are? Well, he got uncomfortable. Seas, Alan, seas can be pretty deep. Those still sea waters <laughs> run pretty deep. The whistle of a hurricane through the shrouds. The boom, boom, boom of the surf pounding a coral shore. The zing, zing, zing of your heartstrings as they're dashed upon the rocks below. They heard the call and they answered it. And with their youth and their strength and their undying courage, they toiled till their new flag ruled the seas. Until that flag was tragically lost at sea minutes later. Well, they shouldn't have put it in the cooler floater. I mean, that thing's <laughs> definitely submerging at some point. Oh, yeah. I mean, it wasn't even one of those Yeti ones. It was just a cheap knockoff. Are you thinking of the coolest cooler? <laughs> the, the coolest cooler? Yeah, you know, the one with, like, uh, a fan and a LCD screen. Oh, Lord, no. Does it have a boombox as well? A Bluetooth speaker, yes. Oh, okay. All right, I'm in. Mm -hmm. I'm in. You should have been in in 2015 when they <laughs> raised the Kickstarter money and then failed to deliver it. Yeah. 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 Then came the call of the West. Um, hi, it's the West. Uh, oh, the guy, Baltic yeah. Sea gave me this number. I hope it's the right one. Uh, anywho, if you're looking for adventure or um, uh, a lot of dust, I guess, uh, give me a ring. No press. Just stop on by if you can. Uh, I've got rattlesnakes. Wait, that's a terrible reason. Stupid, stupid West. Uh, how do I restart this thing? I gotta get caller ID. I do not... <laughs> Okay. Was there a no-call list for, for geographic features? I don't think so. I think they left They find the off. geographic features $500 every time they call the, me? I don't know. The geographic features have a very powerful lobby, Alan. Ugh. The pioneer spirit that was Kit Carson's, that was Boone's, reached out through the land. And from everything I've ever read, things turned out great. Yeah, yeah. What, what's that? Jenna what? Yeah. Clerks put down their pens and joined the wagon trains. Farmers gave up the plows to strap on their muskets. From every walk in life they came to battle with their wilderness. And they stretched their homes from coast to coast to rule the land. Like an amazing hands across America, only causing tumbling housing prices instead. If only there had been huge statewide gaps in the housing <laughs> crisis. Maybe... <laughs> Maybe things would have been okay, but... It's just too ambitious. Plus, yeah. the song was terrible. The sea first, then the land, and now they've come to that last great frontier. The air. Wait, I, I think this needs amended. It, I think it's missing some steps. It should go sea, land, mm -hmm. several million years of evolution. Okay. Sea, land, air, sea, land. There. Uh, I don't see it. The advance man has made toward his conquest of the air is common knowledge. Yeah, dummy. <laughs> why, 
Why do we even have to have an article to tell you about it? The, the America's most controversial magazine, Air Stories. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, you want to read us, tough guy? Oh, yeah, really? Uh -huh. A Game of Thrones can't live up to its hype. <laughs> Thanks. Got it already. <laughs> the development of heavier-than-air craft. From a purely experimental stage to its present place in the commercial world, has been a part of our lives. In a sense, we've all grown up with it. Except in the sense of anyone over the age of 24. I mean, 124, I think, by now. Well, by now, but at the time of print. Yeah, that's how we do our jokes, Rob. <laughs> in the context of when it was written. I'm sorry, I thought this was being <laughs> transmitted to 1927. <laughs> this whole time, I thought we were uh, doing a radio show. Historical reenactment. Yeah, like Galaxy okay. Quest. Yes, like Galaxy Quest. <laughs> we have come naturally to recognize aviation as one of the prime factors of the future, and the same pioneer spirit that conquered the land and the sea is impelling our young men to ask questions about it. The most common one being, of course, you up? To the air? Hey, young men are <laughs> disgusting creatures, Alan. Oh, I know you're talking about that blimp that's got the butt, right? You know what I'm talking about. Butt blimp. Going out and riding in my butt blimp. Mm -hmm. Does aviation offer me an opportunity, they want to know. And then they ask, how can I take advantage of this opportunity? How can I learn aviation and get a job in the air? And does it involve reading? Because if so, I'm calling the railroad. They'll take anyone. The answer to this question is emphatically yes. No, I mean, no, I, I'm sorry. This whole article is a real waste of your time. How to read about not getting a job in the air <laughs> was the title I originally submitted the article under... The editor thought it needed some changes. Step one, you're already sitting on your couch reading a magazine. Why bother? American aviation today has reached a good sound beginning. The countries of Europe may boast more widespread routes, may point to their greater number of planes and a greater volume of business, but experts now declare unanimously that this condition is only temporary. Yes, just like their healthcare and mobile phone service. You'll have to race to keep up with us soon, Europe. The United States has solved its air problem in typical Yankee style. That's right. We cheated. With macaroni. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Feathers, caps, and macaroni, damn it, like my old man did it. And our unsubsidized, privately owned companies form a solid basis upon which to build. You. If you have certain definite qualifications, can help in the building. First qualification, no commies. I guess they could have that on the application. Yeah. Are you a commie? It's the first question. That's the first question. If you have certain definite qualifications, uh, being alive. <laughs> <laughs> Not having a fear of heights? Not from another planet that oxygen is toxic to your bloodstream. <laughs> Generally a good idea. The qualifications are simple and concise. They are, one, good health and a strong body. And America's out. No, oh, hey, come on. We can, uh, some of us eat our Wheaties. Yeah, yeah, we got, we have our Channing Tatums and our uh, Chris Pratt's and our other Chris's. 
And then we have our early Chris Pratt's is the problem. Yes. We go Benjamin Button on the Chris Pratt (laughs) is the problem. And you know it's going to go back, too. Number two, a common school education or better. Ooh, strike two. Well, no, it doesn't mean a common school. So, you Uh, know, clown school. uh, Dental school. Chiropractor school. Uh, Ooh, uh, Burger University. Yeah, Burger University. Yeah, yeah. Home of the Good Burger Fellowship. <laughs> Troma High. Uh, number three, an interest in mechanics and a flair for adventure. Okay, okay. We got at least half of that. What, we do? Yeah, we got a flair for adventure. And if I do the math in a correct American style, then that seriously outweighs skills, education, and fitness. So we're golden. Yeah, that's the American dream. Yeah. Fuck it all up and still be successful. Woo-hoo. If you have these things and with them an impelling desire to pioneer in a virgin field. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, come on, guys. Really? Our oh. listeners, they're sometimes just the worst. Oh, people. Oh. Trying to run a clean ship here. I know. Your thoughts are intruding upon our wholesome story. Yeah. I mean, I'm just trying to sit here and think about air jobs and, you know, what they could possibly be. Maybe they're exciting. Mm -hmm. And I don't know things I haven't thought of before. But uh, you guys had to make it sick. Aviation offers you an opportunity to get in on the ground floor. And things can only go up. Get it? Up? Just a little fun for your dear editor here. Yes, if you have the desire to pioneer in a virgin field, things can only go up. Up, 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 up. We're not above that. We're we're not above it. I'm not going to pretend we're above it. Oh, no, absolutely not. You should see my first draft of this. It's filthy. Of course, everyone cannot be a pilot or a flyer any more than every man on the baseball team can be the pitcher. After all, someone has to be the belly itcher. Of course, I mean, you've got a roster, and then somebody may have to pinch itch for the belly itcher. And now in your, if you're in the National League, of course, they have a designated belly itcher. I don't like cross-league play. You either have designated itchers or you don't. And many of you will find your opportunity there. Ah, yes, such glamorous jobs as baggage handler, TSA agent, Mm -hmm. and that guy who sits behind the counter at the gate but can't help you with your free seat upgrade, even though the computer's right there, and it would just take a second. Well, that guy has to randomly cancel seats on a flight (laughs) so that it gets overbooked. He's very busy, man. That's a busy man. That's a very busy man. Aircraft companies will need aeronautical engineers, mechanics, motor experts, airplane builders and designers, assemblers, salesmen. Uh, Excuse me, ma'am. I'm going door to door asking people if they currently own an airplane. Uh, If not, I'd like to come in and talk to you about the new Cessna. You don't have to slam the door. You know, in just a few years, everyone's going to have their own private plane and you'll be begging me to buy one. Oh, jeez, no one's buying. What am I going to do with a yard full of planes? Um, Common scenario, sure. Um, Let me... (laughs) That's how they make their money. They make you buy the planes up front. uh, Let me just say, the only people that know about Cessnas are ones that have played flight simulators or no actual pilots. And I know that your father did, in fact, 
have a pilot's license at some point. He did. He flew Cessnas and Piper Cubs. Ooh, Piper Cubs. Piper Cubs, the uh, Volkswagen bug of the airplane world. <laughs> there you go. And as the industry develops, the need for men trained in this field will increase. The only the need for men. Well, yeah. Let me tell you. I, in case you haven't gotten the message yet, ladies. Right. There's only so many men that are wildly needed for this industry that's growing at a huge rate. And we need to put out casting calls in magazines. So, of course, we couldn't accept any women. The that numbers would, would be all off. It's just math, really. <laughs> just as it did in the automotive industry. And aviation is growing by leaps and bounds. And then eventually flying you want to try to reduce the number of bounds you get before you leap of course well no i'm saying that originally aviation could only leap and bound but then eventually aviation got the power to fly uh-huh. and it just made for better stories i guess it is a little better air stories in 1904 was a very very thin magazine no story was longer than 16 seconds and then, of course, aviation's kryptonite. Gravity? Yes. <laughs> Gravity. The second question, how to learn aviation and get a job in the flying game, is more complex and more difficult to answer. Okay, everybody pick up your pens and pay attention. Uh, what's that, Kevin? Yes, there will be dates and plain serial numbers in the final exam. It would be best to divide the answer in two parts. One, for the fellow who can afford to take a course in aviation instruction. And two, for the fellow who has to make his way while he learns. If you have between $500 and $1,000 to spend... Good God! That's like seven houses back then. <laughs> you could buy a lot of back issues of Air Stories magazine. <laughs> You can take a complete training in the theory and practice of aviation. $200 will get you just the theory, but no one's going to hire a pilot who practices takeoff in a cardboard box on the living room floor. Have you flown JetBlue, Rob? <laughs> with this training, you should be able to get a job that will repay your investment. And with interest. Interest from people asking you, hey, what are you going to do with that air degree? Hey, looking for an air job, eh? Uh, yeah, well, I mean, I kind of went into air as a backup field. So, but, you know, hey, who doesn't need air? <laughs> there are hundreds of schools and private operators who can teach you the business of flying. Like current president Calvin Coolidge says, the business of flying is business flying. What a statesman. Several of our leading colleges offer technical courses for more advanced students. The ones that understand more about air stuff than we do. <laughs> they know how the air works. It works great. That's how it works, Rob. All you need to know. There are even organizations that offer courses in aeronautics by correspondence. And if any of those organizations are thinking of print advertising, uh, let <laughs> right. us know. Uh, you scratch my back, you know? Right. Mm -hmm. Could have been like a penny saver back in the day. Or like, you know, you go to, you're on a highway rest stop and they have those magazines that are full of trucks for sale. That's really what Air Stories could have been. 
half people just selling biplanes. No, I did not know that that's what they sold at truck stops. No, they give them magazines away. of trucks being sold. Oh, I see. Uh, somebody didn't have boys. <laughs> I mean, you're taking your young boys to truck stops. <laughs> These are real like rest stops, not truck okay. stops. Rest Listen. stops. State uh-huh. state, state uh-huh. funded rest stops. Listen, they're not high class like Hess gas stations, Rob. They've got family bathrooms. The prospective student has a wide choice. Air Stories will be glad to help you in the selection of a school to meet your own requirements if you say the word. Just send a self-addressed stamped envelope to Air Stories, Department of Super Desperate for Job, writing a fiction magazine for it. Things are going great. This letters to the editor section is not going to be that entertaining. Help me, please. (laughs) I've been without work for so long. Air Stories Magazine. I never thought it would happen to me (laughs) that I would write to a magazine to ask specifically for them to help get a job in the career field of air. Or or somewhere up in the air. Really, either way. Right. If you have to make your way while you learn, you might well consider the chance that is offered young men interested in aviation by the United States Army Air Corps. Plus, free uniforms, fellas. What's that? War? Oh, We already had one great one. What are the odds we'd have two? According to the people that lived through the Great War, very low. (laughs) That's right. Not a lot of people laying odds on wanting to do that over again. Yeah, plus, you know, all the mustard gas manufacturers have gone out of business. It's not uh, profitable anymore. The soldiers of the Army Air Corps were offered intensive courses, which not only qualify them for specialist ratings and higher non-commissioned officer grades, but also giving them a training that should enable them to make their way in commercial aviation after their enlistment is expired. Assuming there's no active war going on and that no one's invented teleportation yet. <laughs> Come on, you could easily transition to teleportation mechanic. <laughs> it's basically the same thing. No, that's, that's a fallacy, Alan. Oh, really? You gotta study for years to turn on the teleportation. I, have you seen Chief O'Brien? Have you seen the way that he like raises those three things up and down? He's got it down, man. He's 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 a, a smooth operator. <laughs> smooth. Oh, now I got to keep in that Sade joke from before. That's not coast great. To coast to Chicago. A quick note from the editor: I did not leave in that Sade joke from before. Thank you. There's also the opportunity for soldiers to gain appointment as flying cadets. The flying cadets course qualifies the student as an expert pilot. Mm. At the conclusion of this course, the student is honorably discharged from the army. Well, I mean, that's that's a little presumptuous, isn't it? I mean, that sounds like a pretty good deal if you get in there. You just I mean, get out of the army right afterwards? No. Yeah, but there are a lot of ways a course could conclude. I mean, <laughs> that's, that's I'm, I'm not saying from experience <laughs> at a community college night course that I once attended, but <laughs> it's like they say about airplanes. You're either in or you're out. Unless you're a wing walker. <laughs> at the conclusion of this course, the student is honorably discharged from the army. 
and becomes eligible to take examination for an officer's commission in the Reserve Corps. Luckily, most of the examination is about being upside down and keeping your noses to the ground. That's a follow-up to the Junior Birdman joke. You didn't go to camp, did you? No. Yeah. I didn't get taken to a lot of truck stops either. <laughs> I learned a lot, Alan. All right, laugh all you want. A typical example of the aeronautical training the Air Corps offers are the courses given by the Air Service Technical School at Chanute Field, Illinois. Uh, just take a right at the Arby's and then mm -hmm. straight past the other Arby's and you can't miss mm -hmm. it. It's the building with the Arby's sign. Yes, behind it. Mm, Co-adjacent. I mean, it really depends on your... They do share a parking lot. These courses are given to specially selected enlisted men and to recruits who are sent to the school before they're assigned to units. There are no hard and fast rules governing the entrance requirements, except perhaps the three primary qualifications we mentioned before. Oh, plus, if you have your own plane, they have to take you. Does a Zeppelin count? Rigid or, um, or soft? Well, I've been pioneering virgin fields, so. <laughs> Yo, come on in, sir. You, we like the cutting edge jib. That doesn't seem like a question you're allowed to ask me. <laughs> it's 1927. Hmm. We can ask what we want. The school is divided in three departments. One of photography, one of communication, and one of mechanics. The fourth department of modern dance was shut down after causing 17... <laughs> crashes yeah i can see how that would be a distraction there's a lot of hand waving it didn't was not conducive to flying planes no no especially if you give them orange batons and put them on the runway that's <laughs> that's uh no bueno the department of photography has been in operation for five years and is conducted under the most advanced methods. Gentlemen, this is a camera. This is a gun. One is for shooting pictures. One is for fun. Uh, sir, I'm a crime scene photographer. <laughs> crime scene photographer? Looks like we got here a crime scene photographer. I, I specialize exclusively in crime scenes that happen in the air. Well, well, well. Look who's going to be writing chalk outlines up in the air. Me, sir. No, I just take pictures. I don't I don't do the chalk. You mean we gotta hire someone else to do the chalk outlines? Opportunities in aerial photography are unlimited, both in the military and the commercial sense. The work is interesting, varying as it does from the operation of motion picture cameras to photographing large sections of the United States in a and assembling the hundreds of pictures thus taken into maps. Ooh, it's like a reverse jigsaw puzzle and twice as much not fun. Yeah, no kidding. I mean, you might be in the movies, or you might be a glorified Kinko's clerk. It's it's really, there's so much possibilities that, you, you know, you just pick. You, <laughs> you just, just pick. You just get your choice. Which of those you prefer. Hmm. So many choices. Men trained in this work are needed in war times to map enemy territory in the same manner. That's a, <laughs> great. Sign me up. You know, the Yay. thing that I want most as a career are things that they definitely need on the front lines in case a war breaks out. 
Even the front of the front line. Yeah. You, sorry, we got the front lines covered. You're, you're going deep, my friend. You're going in first. Oh, you mean with all the other guys? Oh, no, no. You're going in first. No, no. You, you handle that, and then we figure out when the other guys are going in. Yeah, it'll be great. In times of peace, the aerial photographer has offered many chances for employment by the fact that these aerial maps are displacing blueprints in a great number of engineering projects. Um, sir, I don't think that picture of a cloud really fits in the core of our new nuclear reactor. Uh, no, I, I don't think the one with that pigeon that looked right at you is going to work either. Seems like it should, but... I, uh, I should have joined the Marines. I feel like I'm misunderstanding what blueprints do. <laughs> if you can just take a picture of it before it's constructed. Well, you're not using the power of your imagination, Alan. Uh -huh. Come on, you look at a picture and you say, oh, there could be a building right there. All right. right, I see it. Oh, yeah, that's how Frank Lloyd Wright did it. <laughs> An aerial survey was recently taken of Chicago's lakefront. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they should have really saved the saucy stuff till the end. Stretches of land that are heavily covered with undergrowth are practically all being surveyed from the air. Oh, yes. Positively any landmass that's anything is getting surveyed by the air nowadays. If you haven't been, you might as well be Nova Scotia. No. <laughs> <laughs> you sound like you're from Saskatoon. <laughs> the course in the communications department consists of training for radio mechanics and operators. The zoo crew elective is particularly popular. Hey, going at you. It's 1927, and we've got the biplanes going high up in the air for the morning commute. So crowded today, isn't it? Look at that traffic jam. So we got the Trigammas down at the college seeing how many can fit into a uh, telephone booth. Hey, is that the Gip? Get back in the box, Gip. <laughs> yeah. I know. <laughs> The use of radio in connection with aviation is gradually assuming greater importance in the commercial field since machines capable of making long ocean flights have been developed. Oh, wait, wait, wait. I have a relevant um, historical quote, actually, that I researched okay. before right. um, reading this article. So, Let's see. It says, um, uh, no shit Sherlock, signed Amelia Earhart. So uh, apparently she really um, understood that radios were kind of important with planes. or. Did she? <laughs> Look, she was working with the best radio she had. Or was she? <laughs> we'll never know. It has always been of prime importance in warfare. Candidates for this course should be interested in radio work, have at least yep. three years in high school, or its equivalent. <laughs> you know, juvie. Uh, I mean, certainly a GED, but uh, back in those days... What was the equivalent of a high school? Like a like a real high-end orphanage? Yeah, Dickensian workshop of some kind. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I could see that. So, sort of a, you have a governess, okay. but you have to run from the Nazis. How many years of high school is that equivalent to? Well, how many Nazis? I mean, I've got to do the math here. And though not necessary... Training or experience in any of the following lines is desirable. Radio operator, 
commercial telegrapher, or electrician. Listen, you're going to have to explain to me why I got to go to school if I'm already a radio operator. (laughs) Well, you got to learn how to use radio in the air, Alan. It's a totally different thing. The Department of Mechanics offers training in a number of subjects, such as airplane and auto mechanics. Wait, hold on now. (laughs) I'm going to airplane mechanics school. (laughs) To learn auto mechanics? Is that right? Am I in the right room? It's this... They're right next to each other is the problem. I feel like this one does not have wings. Is is that necessary? (laughs) Just work on the engine, meathead. At this point, the engines were pretty much the same, I think. Right? Yeah, that's why uh, the Grease Lightning car can fly. (laughs) Exactly why. (laughs) Uh, Returning to the list. Aircraft armors. And in the construction, repair, and inspection of airplanes. That's a lot of jobs right there. I like to just leave little circles that say 16 everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I did that. That was me. I approve. (laughs) This is considered the most important course since airplanes depend on their mechanical well-being. As opposed to tanks, which may as well just be replaced by elephants. (laughs) You know, I I don't see you reading Ground Stories magazine, okay? But they don't depend on pilot. No. Just mechanical well-being and... Listen, I mean... Come on. Yeah, I I feel like this entire article should be titled, You're not going to be a pilot. Right. There's lots of other things you can do, all right? Because it doesn't even cover that. I I know we led with the pilot thing, but let's get real, people. (laughs) I've been using really small words this whole article. I don't think piloting is for you. I listed three things that it takes to become a pilot, and none of them were being good at flying an airplane. (laughs) So I'm pretty sure I know what I'm talking about. That's right. Requirements are common school education, or its equivalent. That's it. Again, how many Nazis were you fleeing from? (laughs) And some experience in a line similar to the course taken. Ah, okay. So third grade or six months pumping gas. Got it. (laughs) Well... I mean, they go into the engines. That's that's like practically just being an airplane engineer right there. That's a very creative way to punch up your curriculum vitae there, Rob. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was in um, engine uh, lubrication and piston management. That's right. I know where all the pistons are. Detroit. Yeah. In the yeah. cars, you know, everywhere. Detroit, sometimes North Korea. (laughs) These three courses all last about 24 weeks. I am not going to spend 24 weeks learning auto mechanics at an airplane school. It just doesn't sound worth it. In the first two courses, new classes begin every month. In the mechanics course, every second month. Wow, we're getting specific. (laughs) Wow. Okay, uh, is there a payment schedule later in the... This is the the kind uh... of detail I need. Hold on, I'm taking notes. Go on, Okay, is there before and after care for my children? (laughs) Uh, Chanut Field is located at Rantoul, Illinois, 114 miles south of Chicago. (laughs) I'm sorry, Alan, I've been trying to get this all down. Could you go over that again, maybe in more detail? Um, Uh Exactly how many hectares is the base? Wow, that's not that close to Chicago. Why would you use that as the metric in any way? Unfortunately, 
maybe that is how you get to Chanutfield. <laughs> Just point yourself south. Uh, that is a decommissioned Air Force base. Well, it is now. Back then, it was a, a thriving aircraft school and uh, Hydra headquarters. Well, they got to keep those Quinjets somewhere. <laughs> The training offered at this field is just an example of the other training offered at the many other Air Corps schools. Of course, we haven't gone into detail on the hour-by-hour schedule of those other training schools, but uh, you get the gist. There's going to be other issues coming up. In each one, they're going to tell you exactly how many miles away from a major metropolitan city that school is. Air Stories will furnish further information in regard to these schools at your request. Just write to Airplane Stuff, Pueblo, Colorado. That's Airplane Stuff, Pueblo, Colorado. Airplane Stuff. My, um, has family in Pueblo, Colorado. They have never heard of that commercial. What? Mm -hmm. They didn't play it, like, out west? I guess not. I would think that 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 would, like be jobs for half the town or something whatever the hell that was let me read from this article just a moment here uh describing the brochures you could get in pueblo colorado uh-huh. in one so you're going to use a fireplace the reader <laughs> learns not to get too close to the fire while lo- wearing loose clothes okay one may catch on fire in the imaginative bathrooms brochure one Whoa. can read the bathroom even in its conventional use it's a very important place. There is no one who can do without a bathroom or would want to. Hmm. Hmm. The bathroom is the first place we go in the morning and the last place at night. That's what you wrote on your anniversary card, isn't it, Rob? Yes, yes. I got it all directly from a pamphlet ordered from Pueblo, Colorado. If you can't afford the aviation school and the Army Air Corps doesn't appeal to you, then the only thing left to do is hunt a job with an air transport company or with some organization engaged in the manufacture of airplane parts and accessories. This way might be called the back door to aviation. <laughs> oh, no, no. You do not want to use the back door to air jobs. All right. You're better than that, Alan. You're better than that. Okay, I'm going to read this next line. The back door isn't the pleasantest way in the world to get in. (coughs) But the fact that some of the biggest names in present-day aviation made their start this way proves that it can be done. Stories I could tell you about the legendary aviation Mm -hmm. casting couch, Mm -hmm. Alan. You don't even want to know what Sully Sullenberg had to do to get his first Mm co-pilot position. Mm -hmm. You're right, I don't. He didn't have the mustache before that, that's all I'm saying. I don't. You don't want to know. They learned the game from the ground up, started at the very bottom of the ladder. And what one man has done can be done again, if you've got the stuff. You've got the stuff! You've got a little bit of power! Stuff! Listen, we're not talking about space here, people. (laughs) You don't have to have the right stuff. No. You just have to have the stuff. You have to have enough stuff and your check has to clear. That's all we're saying. (laughs) When you consider the number of organizations operating commercial air routes, Uh the increasing number of companies engaged in the manufacture of airplane parts, the widespread number of smaller companies engaged in aviation, Well, it's easy to understand that there is a chance at the bottom of the ladder 
now. That's right. It's never too late to start degreasing airplane tools. That sounds like a big step. And the industry is growing so rapidly that every day sees that chance, assuming larger proportions. Except Tuesdays. That's when aviation knocks off early for happy hour. Oh, thank God it's Tuesday. Well, unless you're a pilot, of course. And then it's Tuesdays, Thursdays, and every other Friday. Ah, wings. (laughs) They were employed, right? Yeah, they, they had an airplane and jobs. You want to appreciate right now, though, that getting... A job in the air is a mighty tough proposition for the inexperienced man. The same tough proposition that the inexperienced man faces in any line of work. Unless daddy owns the company. Perhaps you've heard of me, Mr. John Airbus. (laughs) Oh, John Airbus of the New England Airbuses? (laughs) Of course. (sighs) The only solution is to keep on trying and keep on fighting until you do get a job. I'm not sure that's how the interview process goes. <laughs> I'm not leaving this room until someone gives uh, me a job. Sir, sir, please calm down, sir. What? You're the one who needs to calm down. I want to be the air. I, I can assure you we have no ball bearings for you to handle. <laughs> I got nowhere else to go. I'm reading Air Stories magazine. I can't sink any lower. Go to some airplane manufacturing company or to some company engaged in commercial flying, and try to break in with them. <laughs> like, it's an, like it's an audition for, for some off-Broadway <laughs> musical. Like, hey, mister, can I get a job at the airline factory? Flying. Yes, sir, I'm out here flying. <laughs> Trying to break it into Aviation 101. I got to get up in the morning. Real high. (laughs) Flying. Start as a janitor or a painter or an office boy. Yep, there's nothing that gets you closer to being a pilot than being an office boy. Oh, yeah. You know, I I can't count the number of pilots I've met that started out as janitors, Alan, and I can't because that does not happen. Started anything as long as you start. If you have the qualifications we noted before. Oh, yes. Yes, I wrote those down. It was, uh, be cool. I think it was ask, ass, or grass, right? I think it was, um, breathing. Okay, breathing. Gumption. Gumption. And, uh, willing to be a janitor for 40 or 50 years. And if you have the desire to get in the air, you can make your job take you wherever you want to go. As long as it's the hub of a major airline. They're getting the job confused with the actual airplane. Listen, wherever you want to go, just trust me, you're going to go through Atlanta, Dallas, or Chicago. Okay? Men aren't born into bank presidents' jobs. They fight their way up to them. That's right. That's how Jeff Bank of America and Steve Citibank did it, damn it. Like... Chase told me, uh, you, why is my balance so low? Bank account. Uh, why weren't you born into a position that allows you to tell peons what to do? You, I guess we'll never know. Bank. Seriously? Hashtag Monday motivation. Timely. It's the same in aviation as it is in any other game. Well, as long as you have a dick. The end.
Well, that was less like a story and more like a course listing for various camps that my kids can go to over the summer, Rob. Um, what did you think the moral to this nonfiction presentation was? The moral is you have to work hard for anything. Whether it's slowly working your way up the aviation ladder or slowly working with a shady company to get your kid into a fairly good school for several hundred thousand dollars. It takes work, people. Good old-fashioned work. I mean, I think that's really the surprising thing out of it. Is Air USC really that good of a school? That's, that's what I get. Like, is it? Is it? Is it that Is hard it to worth get into it? Air USC? Really? It's, it's, yeah, I don't know. Really? Hmm. I mean, I feel like if you want to get into Air USC, all you got to do is uh, know how to play Tusk on an airplane. <laughs> Tusk. Right? How many Tusk scholarships do you think they fucking give out? <laughs> oh, I don't know, but uh, I feel like every first chair should get one. Well, if I had to come up with a moral for this. Uh, and you do. It's contractual. Don't look at the title of the magazine and hope they have job advice in there based <laughs> on that title. I don't think, oh, the Oprah magazine is really going to tell you how to be Oprah. It's, it's just an unrealistic expectation. This is why I stopped reading the calls. The same thing about car and driver. I mean, I'd like to drive maybe, but... I don't have the time to put in becoming a car. Oof. I guess this is the same bullshit popular mechanics feeds you. I mean, they, you're just a regular mechanic, okay? It's not a contest. <laughs> the odds are pretty much stacked against you of being that popular. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, Rob, thank you for being the wind beneath my wings. I only had the $500, so I, I only got the theory of air travel and not, not a lot of practical experience, but I'm pretty sure that's how it works. Yeah, it must have been cold there in my shadow. Mm -hmm. uh, so why don't we go ahead and wrap up this tale and uh, invite you to tune in next time for another exciting Interrupted. Hey, um, uh, this is the Yukon Gold Rush. Yeah, oh. yeah I'm, I'm kind of a time and a place. And yeah, I, I knew Jack London. Solid guy. Always bought mm -hmm. around. Mm -hmm. Anyway, I hear my roommates, the Baltic Sea and the West, have been calling you and leaving messages at this number. Sorry, we had your number written on the wall instead of our friend Sully's. <laughs> it's a funny story, actually. We thought Sully had died because you didn't call back. He didn't. He didn't. But we, we were seriously worried for a minute there. <laughs> Well, I'll, uh, I'll leave you to it. Um, if you have any uh, geographic locations or conceptual historical tale, ages. Tell, tell, tell.